Welcome to another At The Flick Short. Our regular At The Flicks feature, What Else Have We Been Watching?, has become a surprise hit with our listeners. So much so that we decided to ask some of our listeners what else they'd been watching. In this short, we phoned three friends of the pod, Katie and her dad Steve in the UK, and then travelled over the pond to the US to talk to longtime listener Nick to find out what had caught their eyes this month. Over to you, Jeff. Welcome to Listener Comments from At The Flicks. I'm really pleased today to be here with Steve and Katie. Hello both, how are you doing? Hi, we're good. Yeah, good, thank you very much. So, first question for Katie then. What have you been watching in TV and films recently? Well, recently, well, last night, I uh, watched Dave the Musical, the 2009 remake. It's pretty good. It's about a bunch of young hopefuls who go to a performing arts high school in New York. And it shows how, like, the insight into the performing arts industry and how, like, people struggle, like, with getting through it and ups and downs and how some people will make it, some people won't. All right. What did you think of it? I think it was really good. It was like, it had enough songs that it wasn't, like, it was musical, but it wasn't overpowering. And it was a nice mixture of both, so it wasn't. It was pretty good. Excellent. See, I'm old enough to remember the original film and the TV series that followed. So oh, no. I, I was about to say the same thing. I remember the original <laughs> film. I'm glad of that, Steve. <laughs> so, uh, Katie, you'd recommend that to uh, our listeners? Yeah, definitely. It's really nice one, especially if you've seen the old one, which I haven't yet, actually, which is really bad of me. The problem with the old one is uh, it's a lot grittier, I think. Than, than the new one. So, uh, what certificate is the new one? Do you know? I think it's 12A, the new one. Yeah, if yeah, I see the, yeah. yeah, 12. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect kind of film for Katie, uh, <laughs> being performing arts herself and everything she does, yeah. uh, sort of around that. She she loves her musicals, I think. Yeah, as definitely. much as I'd love to say it came from her mum, I think it definitely comes from me more. <laughs> <laughs> So, Katie, I hear you're a big fan of The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah, Greatest Showman. I, like, I remember going to see it in movies, and as soon as like the first song came on, <laughs> I started tearing up because it was really good, and I was like really happy with how it turned out. Excellent. It was amazing. How, how many times have you seen it? Too many to count, if I'm <laughs> honest. That is a really good answer. <laughs> That's a sign of an excellent film. Any, anything yeah. else you've been watching? Um, I've almost finished season three of Series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix, which is so good. It's so dramatic. And I binge-watched all of season three in one night. Saw the film, and compared to the TV show, it's, like, the movie, it felt, like, really lacking, and it did have a lot of detail. But the TV show, it goes so much more into detail, and they can, like, make bits longer. Like, they didn't... They left out quite a lot of things in the movie. Yeah. So with a TV show, they can expand on it. It's really cool. So add some much more of the fun from the books. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot more following the book. But some of, like, sometimes they go away from a book and off book. Right. Which is pretty cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many episodes are there per series? Yeah, I think it's... How many episodes are there? Because I've uh, just started watching season one. I'm way behind Katie on this one. It's... Each, 
So I don't know how long these series are, but there's three uh, seasons are, but there's about three seasons. Okay. Yeah. If I remember rightly, I think there's 12 to 14 episodes per yeah. season. Yeah, 12 um, to 14. And, so, I mean, they're a good sort of 35 to 45 minutes long each episode, which is, is really good. Um, this is one that Katie actually kind of spoke to me about, and I wasn't a big fan of the film, but uh, I really, I really like it. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh yeah, in there. Nice. I think he's fantastic. His Count Olaf. Um, it's very different. It adds a lot more content, as Katie said, to the series opposed to the film. And yeah, I'm enjoying season one, but I'm I'm way behind Katie on this one. So, if you had to compare Neil Patrick Harris to Jim Carrey, who comes out the best? Oh, I say Neil Patrick Harris because it makes the character seem. It shows a lot more of the character compared to Jim Carrey, and then Neil Patrick Harris is a lot more villainous. I would agree. Plus, I really want to slap Jim Carrey. (laughs) (laughs) Say as you think. There's a long queue there, Steve, and I'm afraid you're behind me on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic! Anything else you've been watching? Um, I've watched a lot of Les Mis, not the TV show yet, but the musical. I definitely watched. A lot. <laughs> oh, right. That's the one with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, you, you can kind of see the running theme. <laughs> There's yes. a theme here, yeah, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Musicals and performing <laughs> arts. And uh, like I say, she gets quite a lot of that from me. And I think one that's on her list to watch, I'm not sure she's watched it yet. Uh, I've just lent her the Phantom of the Opera, Gerard Butler, for the fans in the room of Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more, <laughs> more, more on that coming on the, on this month's show, Steve. Yeah, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've just lent her that one to watch. And actually, the follow-up, the, the sequel to the uh, Phantom of the Opera, uh, Love Never Dies. So she's got that one on DVD that she's preparing to watch. And I've actually watched both of those quite a lot. Phantom of the Opera, it was one of my favourite ever musicals. I've watched it probably five or six times in the West End. And I think it's probably one me and Kate will go together yeah. watching the West End at some point. So I think you're looking forward to that. But visually, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera is a film I thought was stunning. The, the mm. framing of the shots, the dramatic soundtrack that goes along with it. It's just, it's everything you kind of want in a film, except for maybe Gerald Butler. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> well, there are plenty of classics to watch as well. Singing in the Rain, you go uh, back to oh. all of them. Yeah, Singing in the Rain's one of my favourite ever. It's my Christmas go-to usually. Yes. If I'm yeah, think of anything me. else to watch, Singing in the Rain goes straight on. Um, it, it's also a real feel-good film, I think, for me. I, I'm not sure. Have you you've seen it, Kate? I've seen scenes of it, but I've never been able to watch the whole thing because I haven't been able to find it or find anywhere to watch it. I, I recall Katie. Singing away, make it laugh. She, she's currently going, Dad, stop embarrassing me. And <laughs> but uh, Good morning, yeah, good morning. She, whenever she sings anything, even if it's kind of like an upbeat song like Make It Laugh, she still makes me cry. So, <laughs> for good reason. Not my my daughter makes me cry for completely different reasons. <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this. And, uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic film. It, it's one, actually, at the moment that, because I'm currently off my usual day job at the cinema. Uh, I've got a week off this week, so I'm going through a few few films myself just to play catch-up more than anything. And 
at the moment. It, it's quite emotional times for a lot of the guys from the cinema in Cheltenham. Uh, we've literally just had announced that the screening rooms downstairs is being closed down um, for a bit of a refurb and a revamp. So uh, it's very highs and lows at the moment for all of us. So putting on a film like Singing in the Rain does sort of pick us up a bit and make us all feel better. So it's one of those films I think is absolutely great for just making you feel a lot better about the crap going on in your own life sometimes. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Um, we, so we mentioned Phantom of the Opera there, Singing in the Rain. What other musicals stand out for you? You've got definitely got involved like the classic Andrew Lloyd Webber movie, so Cats, Joseph, Evita, which I haven't watched, but I'm going to watch soon, hopefully. So yeah, all them, they're definitely ones to watch. Oh. That's a viewing list for uh, anybody listening to this. They uh, need one, to really consider list. all those films because they're all excellent. Yeah, and of course, Cats is coming out as a film later this year. It's coming out for Christmas, I think. It is. It's later this year, so it's it's one I've actually pegged down for big things at Cheltenham certainly so yeah it's going to be really interesting how they do that thank you very much for your time and and for going through all that with us I have one last question no no thank you well I have one last request really for for both of you uh can we do this again sometime please phone you up and go through what you've been watching yeah I would love to absolutely okay that would be great well Katie and Steve thank you very much for your time Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll be speaking soon. Thank you very much. Cheers, cheers, thank Thank you. you. Cheers, bye. Bye. Next up in our What Else Have Our Listeners Been Watching, we're traveling across the Atlantic to the United States for our next listener. Nick is joining us from Augusta, Georgia, in the deep south of the United States. Hi, Nick. How's it going? Excellent. Great to be on the podcast, Graham. So, Nick, I know you're not originally from Georgia. Can you give our listeners a little background? Where's your hometown? Well, it's usually a big question because I uh, was in the Navy, but I originally uh, grew up in Flint, Michigan, uh, moved from there to Florida with my parents, and then moved from there to the Navy at large. And uh, I am now here for government work. Right. So what have you been watching over the festive period? I uh, watched two movies very recently, Bird Box on Netflix, the absolute phenom of a marketing campaign, <laughs> and Replicas with Keanu Reeves and Thomas Middleditch. Oh, never mind. I hear, <laughs> I hear that's not very good. I, I don't think it's come out in the UK yet, so you weren't impressed? Not at all. Uh, I think... The peak of replicas is at the beginning where you see a trailer for Alita Battle Angel, and then it sharply <laughs> pitches downward after that. Oh boy, that bad, eh? Okay, so give me an idea. What's the setup for um, replicas? Well, replicas has the premise of a man who is played by Keanu Reeves, and he's a biomedical engineer slash scientist of sorts who is trying to map human consciousness into basically some sort of computer file which can then be uploaded into robots. He's failing and his career and the careers of everybody in the area, they're all hinging on his success, which is not going well. And then there's a freak accident which kills his family and he decides 
he wants to bring them into the system by uh, cloning them. A suspension of disbelief is really difficult in this movie since everybody in the movie is such a terrible problem solver. <laughs> okay. Well, why? I mean, don't they want to be clones? What's the matter? What, he's going to... Well, they're dead. They had no choice. Uh, they... Emotion is also in short supply in this movie because this man has his entire family lost in front of him in a car accident. And literally the first thought in his mind is, I can make something out of this. Oh, gee. Okay. Yeah. That's a bit, uh, that's a bit cold. It's horribly cold. Keanu Reeves met his match with this film because it's a film that he couldn't carry on his own. He was easily the best actor in the movie, which is a shame. Thomas Middleditch, uh, every time you see him, you expect some sort of comic relief. He even comes in at perfect points where you could get comic relief. They just never wrote him any. It's, it's disappointing every time, which is a shame because he is a naturally very funny actor. Yeah, yeah. And the villain. There's a villain? There is. It needlessly puts a villain into this movie because the entire premise of, you know, I guess man versus nature, which they could have easily gone with, turns into this one man led corporation trying to take his clone family, which are the property of the company. Right. Needless, absolutely needless, because you already have so many stressors on the uh, main character. So this is not a patch on uh, John Wick then? Goodness, no. Oh, oh, it's hard to tell that John Wick is even on screen. Keanu tries to kind of wrangle this emotion down. There could be so much. You know, his entire family is de dead in front of him, and now he's in secret trying to clone them in his basement. And then he's also faced with this impossible choice because one of the problems presented is that these clones are made in these big cloning pods, which is just a vat of liquid, and they only have three that they can use. So he has to choose one of his children, which not to clone, and then go into the memory files of everybody and erase her from their oh, memories. No. And, and what, did, what did this poor child do to become the unfortunate one who gets kicked out of the family? I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. He drew names out of a bowl. Oh, yeah. Like any father would do. Oh, that's okay. terrible. It is so uncomfortable because there's this whole scene where he tries to force his friend to pick a name out of the bowl. And his friend finally, after bending to his every win for a this entire cloning process says, no, this part's on you. They're your family. You have to do it. And then awkwardly walks away like only Thomas Middleditch could. Then he draws the name and sits crying at his table for like a two minute long scene, holding the piece of paper with his youngest daughter's name on it. And then goes, yep, she's out of it. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. He, he has no problem deleting her memory out of everybody's head. So I, he, he dusts off pretty quickly. He's a resilient guy. One one shining silver lining in the movie is that there is a robot in the movie and it does get a consciousness put into it and it looks like it was – it's fully animated. There's no actual robot. It's an animated robot and it looks like it was animated using a PlayStation 2. Oh, I couldn't stop laughing. I swear I was holding my face. Any time that robot was on the screen, it killed me. I don't think we'll be watching that one then when it gets to the UK. All right. What about Bird Box? Now, you didn't drive blindfold or anything stupid, did you, after seeing this movie? No, I didn't complete any Bird Box challenges. I have those every morning when I try and get to the light switch beyond the dogs in my bedroom. <laughs> okay. But this, obviously, one of the most hyped movies towards the end of 2018. Nobody would stop talking about it. 
It had the big social media presence. Netflix is brilliant at that. They can hype up literally anything. I like to describe Bird Box as if the movie The Happening had a better director and a better premise. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. Because it has a similar problem where people suddenly just want to start killing themselves. The explanation from The Happening was, we don't have an explanation, figure it out. And then towards the end, you figure out it's a very stupid explanation because M. Night Shyamalan had to twist something. Uh, for this one, it's explained right up front. Actually, in the very beginning of the movie, it's it's playing on TVs and it has the classic horror movie, there's something happening on the news, but we're not paying attention issue. Sandra Bullock, uh, the lead, she shows a lot of range by being particularly subdued in this movie. Any show of emotion that you get from her, even sadness, it's like coming up for air because she keeps everything very compartmentalized. That could be just a character trait that she's trying to put out there, and she is a good actress, so I wouldn't put it past her. But the character itself, you think, man, could you lighten up? Right, I haven't seen this yet. It's on my it's on my Netflix list, but... I'm actually watching Titans at the minute on Netflix, and after that, I've got to watch The Sex Education, which stars Gillian Anderson from The X-Files, and we interviewed the guy who's the location manager for this particular Netflix show, so I want to watch that next, and then I've got to go and watch Bird Box, but I've got so much my to-watch list on Netflix, it's out of control. Netflix waits for no man. Um (laughs) Sex education is, we've just started it, but it's quite good. Very well written. So, sorry, back to Bird Box. (laughs) Right, of course. Brilliant cast. Um, Sandra Bullock, obviously, in the lead, does a great job. Uh, John Malkovich supporting it. I can't believe anybody can afford John Malkovich supporting anything. But (laughs) honestly, they should have dug into their pockets some more because he needed more screen time. He was just compelling as ever whenever he's on screen. You want every second to last with with him on the screen, even though this character is a little bit rough around the edges. um, Just that's just John Malkovich playing. Well, towards the beginning of the movie, uh, we get Kristen Wiig, who's also in the trailers and such. She certainly needed more screen time. She's brilliant. Everything she does is so well done. She tried to carry the new Ghostbusters movie and couldn't do it. The the comedy actress, I thought it was meant to be sort of a sort of light horror thing. Definitely light horror. And I think if she would have had more, more of an expanded role, she could bring a little bit more levity to it. Strong possibility that that's why they didn't, because they didn't want it to be too light. And I think even saying horror for, for this film is a, a stretch. Because this is more of a thriller with horror elements. Okay. Because there's a monster. Okay. Uh, following up on the cast, there's also B.D. Wong, who is one of the best supporting actors ever. He was in the new uh, Jurassic Park films. At the original Jurassic Park, in fact, he was the uh, scientist working on the dinosaurs. Prized that role, he did, I don't know, 200 seasons uh, or so of Law & Order SVU. Okay, right. He's I'll have to trust cat. you on that one. <laughs> Don't watch um, that. There's a little appearance by Tom Hollander, great actor. He nails his role quite well. A surprise appearance by a rapper named Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him. He picked up a, a movie role and he uh, plays a piece of trash quite well. Is he playing to type? Because uh, I, I, I've I heard he of him, but I don't know his work. He is, he is quite casted in this one. And then we have the two children. And the two children I actually wanted to make a point of because there's something strange with these two kids. They don't show any emotion on their faces. They don't know that they're in a horror movie. But it's a, it's a strange exposition because they are born into this world. The movie 
sorry to spoil it for you, does make a five-year jump in the middle. Okay. And they go from being born during the catastrophe to being five-year-olds. Any child that's raised in the environment where you open your eyes and you die, or there are people trying to kill you in some way or form 100% of the time, they're not. They're going to be quite adjusted to the horror and, and pressing situations. So maybe it was a good choice to just have them locked down like that. But they don't act like kids. They don't act scared. Well, and you'd rate this then. You you think it's it's well worth a watch? Definitely, especially because it's on Netflix. They put out the statistic that forty five million people have watched it, and it's gained, definitely gained that kind of interest. Uh, the argument was made by another critic that if this was in films at ten dollars a head, which is your normal estimate, yeah. this would have made four hundred fifty million dollars. But also, if it was in theaters only, forty five million people would not have gone to see it. Absolutely no. Uh, so I've seen those numbers before, and I thought, yeah. Now Netflix. One of the big things about Netflix is it's good quality stuff, but it's so convenient. You can just turn on your TV, and you know you can find something really interesting to watch. Yeah, exactly. You can't beat the accessibility, and no. since it is so accessible, anything anybody who wants any sort of light horror slash uh, psychological thriller or that type of thing, you would enjoy this. Well. That was brilliant. Thank you very much, Nick, for joining our podcast. And we look forward to hearing from you again. And have a great day, because I know you're five hours behind me there in Georgia. So I can say this. It's evening for me, but it's just the afternoon for you. So thank you very much. Thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it.